Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Sonoma Parenting 101. I am Barbara Pappas, your host for today. Fundamental needs or basic needs of man is what we will talk about today. In Montessori, this is part of our cultural subjects and it is our peace curriculum. As we travel with the children from continent to continent, we discover that, yes, we all eat, we all live in homes or tents or igloos or on boats. We dress and we dress very differently. We all move from one place to another in different ways. We walk, we are in a truck, we are on skis, in a canoe or in a helicopter. There are so many different ways and we have different practices and different beliefs in hygiene, protection and our general health care. But in the end, no matter where we live or how old we are, all of us want to be happy and healthy. All of us want to love and be loved. And when we understand that we are all one here on earth, we are one step closer to peace. So on a daily basis, much of our lives center around these basic needs that simply need to be satisfied for children to function well and to have a great day at home and at school. Sometimes parents approach me about a certain struggle they have with their child and I always refer back to the basics. So let's uh, take a look at sleep, rest, downtime and naps. When a baby is born, the infant sleeps much of the day and night and then gradually during the first year it changes and they sleep hopefully most of the night and they take two, three naps during the day. And when children come to school, let's say they're two years or three, four years old, the need for naps can vary greatly. I have seen two-year-olds who will absolutely not nap and four-year-old children going on to five, they're out at 12 o'clock, they need their nap. And an indication to when to move out of nap or transition out is when the bedtime routine gets later and later. Children roughly need to go to bed somewhere around 7 o'clock. Start the routine 6.30, they're in bed, asleep by 7.30, something like that, and they need 12 hours of sleep. So if children start dragging and procrastinating because they're too fired up and it's 8, 8.30, that's a good indication to say, hey, uh, let's shorten the nap or let's just eliminate it altogether. I do caution parents, though, to not rush children out of nap. Naps are very healthy, even for us adults. And then there is a general downtime that is just necessary Many children have a long day at school, something like 9 to 3 o'clock, and they need to require to recharge. So 
good activities for that are to just lay down on the bed or the couch and listen to stories or looking at books or reading books together, doing a craft together or a puzzle. And basically the body is pretty still. It's relaxed. And this gives the child a chance to just reset. I often think of this as that natural expansion and relaxation of our breath. We can build the rhythm of expanding, like running on the playground, being loud and active, and then relaxing and more inwards is when after the playground we have group time. And we can build that into the child's day uh, more than once. Since basic needs take up so much of our daily routine, it is really essential to establish healthy habits right from the get-go, from a very young age, and habits that serve us as adults well and our children for a lifetime. So let's take a look at food, nourishment, and that includes, of course, uh, clean water, uh, these days, especially here in California and Sonoma County, nutrition is very individual. There are very different nutritional needs. But what is the same for all of us is our body needs to be fed. And especially young children who grow so rapidly, they need healthy and a very balanced nutritional meals and snack. I highly recommend have meal times together, prepare and eat together, enjoy each other's company. Much of the social emotional development uh, happens during breakfast, lunch and dinner. At school it's a very important part for children to be social during lunch, to sit with their friends. And when you think of it, it never stops for us. We too constantly think about uh, where to get the next treat or the next meal or the dish that we like. Just remember all those Thanksgiving dinners and memories. So sometimes when we see a child maybe slow or dragging along and they're not very active on the playground and then we inquire and we might hear about a lack or delay of eating. And sometimes children walk into the classroom, they go straight to washing their hands, they sit down and they serve themselves snack, and it is not even 9 o'clock, so they're just hungry. All right, we had sleep, and we took a look at food. Let's move on to housing. A home is a place where the child belongs. Now, it's not important whether it's big or small or it's in the city or outside in the countryside. A home is that we all share as a family and we balance it out. It's a child environment and it's also an adult environment. And we build family traditions and memories. At home, we can let the guards down. We can mess up. We will be forgiven at home, there is unconditional love. And the saying 
there's no place like home. It is it's really, really true. There is a book. There is just an outstanding example. The book is called Boys in the Boat. And the story is about Joe Rance. And the story is about the nine Americans and their epic quest for gold at the 1936 Olympic Games. But the beginning of the book talks about Joe's upbringing. And it is extreme and impressive to read about his lack of a home life and how he survived. So if you like reading, uh, go get the book Boys in a Boat. Clothing, that's our next subject. As adults, we have an outfit for just about any occasion. But children are not little adults. They just need to be comfortable and they need to explore their environment to the fullest. Shoes need to be sturdy for their running and climbing and bicycling and jumping. Young children need to get to know themselves. And they need all the freedom in the world to gradually discover who am I? What do I like? What do I prefer? And here in the United States, clothing is often a vehicle for the media. And when we provide clothing for our children that have graphics, and those grass graphics, they suggest this is what boys are like, what girls are like. Uh, superheroes become role models, stereotypical messages of body types, qualities such as strong or sleepy, mischievous, skinny, timid, brave. Those prevent the very young child to get to discover themselves first and that is my point. We need to get the order correct that let the child be free and uninfluenced for a long time so it can unfold, the self can unfold late in elementary years. That all changes. But for now, in early childhood education, we want to keep those influences as much as we can at a distance. So clothing, clothes, they are just pants and sweaters and shirts and skirts. And they're in all sorts of colors and patterns and polka dots and plaid and whatnot. And they just keep me warm and cool. That's the purpose of clothing for the young age. All right, next up is transportation. Or I just have to say it, the lack of it. It used to be that uh, not too long ago, we would just walk everywhere or we would ride our bikes or scooters or, you know, jump on a horse. Our body is designed for running and walking and hiking and it's designed to be active. These days, children they know cars for transportation. And we play this game at school in group, group time and 
we say, how do you want to come to school tomorrow? Or how did you come today? And everybody comes in a car. Once in a great while somebody walks or once in a great while somebody rides a bike. But we actually have to brainstorm and provide modeling to the children to come up with ideas. And I'm going to just divide them into active and passive. So actively we can come on a bike, on a unicycle, or jump a pogo stick, get on a scooter, or skates, or rollerblades. And then we get a little silly and we say we come on ice skates, or skis, or on the snowboard, or we swim to school. And passive is sitting in cars, sitting in the car seat, or we go to Hawaii or whatever trip we go on, and we sit on an airplane. By now we know already that young children need to be active. And so transportation is something to look at in our daily routine. How much do we sit in the car? How much do we run errands or drive to this or that activity or this or that party or this or that social event, does my child have enough active play and an active outlet to discover themselves? And finally, there is the aspect of hygiene, health, healthcare in general, and to just feel protected. And the hygiene is not only the hygiene for our body, like brushing teeth and taking a bath. It's also how we take care of our home and, let's say, our transportations, cars and bikes, lawnmowers, the outside, how we take care of the garden and the yard. And that is a great area to involve the children. We have to do it. They're chores for us, and we do it uh, on a daily basis. We go shopping for food and we prepare the meals and then we eat and we clean up the dishes and we have to do laundry and we sweep and mop and vacuum and all those things. And it's a great place to involve children. It's meaningful to us and that means it is meaningful to them. And much time is spent around these basic needs it is so very simple, and yet it is such a big time that we use every day to prepare our food, to do our laundry, to keep our house clean, or to decorate our house, or maybe we are moving. And much of this um, is a great place to focus on modeling. I think of it as a triangle. We, the educators and parents, we are on one corner of the triangle. And then at the other corner are all these basic needs that we need to meet for ourselves and for our children every day. And the third corner is the child. And we have this flow of modeling from us through all these basic needs over to the child of how to learn great habits to take care of ourselves and meet those basic needs. So real quick, let's just uh, go through a day. We wake up and the first thing we know, did we sleep well? Did our children sleep well? 
Are we rested? Are we ready to tackle the day? Or was it a bare minimum of two hours? Sometimes I come to work and I say, hey, Susan, listen, I slept for two hours. You better look out for me. You know, we need that little extra help and talking about communication and about relationships. That's a good example. I already know at 7 o'clock it's going to be a tough day because I'm incredibly tired and I'm asking for help. So then we have breakfast. Do we eat it together? Do we spend time together? Is it relaxed? Is it enjoyable? Are we always rushing? Do we like always rushing? And if we don't, let's make it a point to change that. And then usually it's getting out of the house and into the car. And how is that transition? Transition are the spices of life. There are so many transitions throughout the day. And some children do better with those. And some really resist them. And it's hard to get them out of the house and in the car. And then out of the car and into the school. So how is the drive over to school? And how is drop-off? And then pick-up. What do we do at 3 o'clock? Do we go home or do we need to run a bunch of errands? Are we happy to see each other? Do we go out for a treat or to the park? Or, you know, going back to the very beginning, in the end, we all want to be happy and healthy. We want to love each other and we want to feel that love. So let's focus on that, especially in these very early years where we set the precedence for a lifetime to come of great habits to meet these basic needs. And then, of course, there is dinner time. And I don't think it ever will change. It's just the hardest time of the day. We are at the end of our energy. The children certainly are at the end of their energies. And... We need to get dinner on the table and then we need to get it off the table and then there is the bath and the book and finally ending up in bed. Uh, simplify, really. Childhood, child development, it's not complicated. Just eliminate a whole bunch of things. Simplify. No, we don't need to do this and this and this and this and we'll just have a simple meal. Maybe we'll... Um, put the dishes in the sink and we read a story and we find a way to string these uh, basic needs in a very um, pleasant way that really works for us. Yes, like we said earlier, we all have the same basic needs but we need to find our way to make it work, to enjoy it, to really enjoy <clears throat> to enjoy our clothing, to enjoy the meals, to enjoy our home, and to build those family values and traditions. Um, the grass is not greener over there. The grass is the greenest right here at home with our children. So... If we are parents who have mastered the concept, basic needs, then our children are on their road to success. 
Next time we will talk about age-appropriate expectations and for parents what to look for during the infant year and then the toddler year, preschool year and kindergartner. What to expect, what developmentally they will show us and then how can we have age-appropriate expectations for them. I really do hope you enjoy these talks and until next time, see you soon.